0: Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com rs and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom rs zocdoc.com slash rs. Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP pretends to be a corpse to get revenge. Our next reddit post is from Party. Years ago, I was in a bad car accident. An older man turned left in front of me at an intersection and t-boned me. Ambulances were called. I was put on a backboard with a neck brace and brought to a hospital where I was deposited on the gurney in a hallway because there were no available rooms at the time. I laid there for quite a while while waiting to be seen. My injuries weren't too bad. I basically just got banged around and bruised up, so I was okay with the waiting. But I was in pain, and laying on my back was very uncomfortable. I didn't think that there was anything wrong with my neck. The only pain I felt was due to that damn neck brace digging into the bottom of my skull. And I really wanted to lay in a different position, not only to alleviate some of the pain in the rest of my body, but also because I was parked right under a light that was blaring my eyes the whole time. So I started taking off my neck brace. A nurse spotted me doing this and ran over very upset and told me that I had to keep the neck brace on. I tried telling her that my neck was fine, but she was adamant that I not remove the brace until the doctor had examined me. Which, I get, I'm guessing at the very least it goes very much against protocol, and at the very worst, it would have been a huge liability if I took the brace off and there was something wrong. Plus, I didn't want to piss off the nurse or be one of those patients, so I begrudgingly complied even though I thought it was overkill. I tried to reposition myself as best I could to the least painful position, which wasn't very successful, unfortunately however, that damn light was blaring directly down and driving me crazy, even when I closed my eyes. Finally, out of frustration, I took the blanket that was over me, pulled it up more, and just threw it over my head. Ugh, finally, no light was blaring into my eyes. Bliss. I just laid there, trying to block the pain and daydream to pass the time, wondering how long I'd be there for. Not too long after that, I hear what sounds like a bit of commotion, and someone saying something about a dead person in the hallway. I was like, oh my god, that's freaky. I get that there were no rooms available, but to leave a dead body just laying out for everyone to see, I thought that was uber creepy. Suddenly, the same nurse who gave me flack about the neck brace pulls the blanket off my head, scaring the stuffing out of me. And and she starts yelling at me that I'm not allowed to put the blanket over my head and what the hell was I doing? It was then that I realized the dead body they were talking about was me. I said, oh shoot, I'm so so sorry. I just wanted that light out of my eyes and I can't move my head with this neck brace on. To say that the nurse was not impressed would be an understatement. But she did find a room to move me to and position me to not underneath a light, which I thanked her for very much. She just gave me a surly look and walked away. Sorry, lol. Our next Reddit post is from Stark Raving Sober. I'm a registered nurse. A few years ago, I was working at a walk in clinic in the middle of downtown in a large Canadian city. Now, as a walk in clinic nurse, I'm used to a lot of entitlement from patients. Those who believe that they can jump the line of other people who have been waiting for over 5 hours to see the doctor simply because their symptoms are more important, or people who don't understand that we're simply not open, or people who become verbally, physically, and sexually abusive towards me if they don't get their way. I can tell that a lot of the doctors I work with are overworked and exhausted. So, if I tell patients that they can't see a doctor due to the clinic's policy of wanting its employees to actually get sleep before having to come back in the next morning, some patients attempt to go around me and make direct appeals to the doctor who would inevitably cave. This angered me on a lot of levels. Firstly, these doctors were simply rewarding this disgustingly selfish behavior by capitulating. Secondly, they were supporting the belief that a lot of patients had, that I was a mere subordinate to the doctor and not my own autonomous practitioner. Thirdly, I'm the nurse manager of this clinic. The doctors were on call at the behest of the clinic, and as such, did not technically have authority over their hours. Fourthly, we're supposed to act as a united team. So, one particularly trying night, a lady came in with her toddler child. She came in at around 8.45, and we still had another two hours of people waiting to be seen. We had closed registration at 6 p.m., and we weren't accepting any new patients. I was in the back of the clinic performing a wound cleaning when the receptionist calls me and asks me to come up to the front because there's an aggressive patient demanding their child to be seen. So I head out to the front. The lady is standing at her desk, arms folded, snapping at her child to sit still. I glance at the child, who's sitting on a chair, swinging their legs and babbling away happily to anyone who will listen. Eyes bright, smiling, laughing, doesn't look unwell at all. As soon as the lady sees me with my stethoscope, she launches into a tirade.
1: Doctor, my child is extremely unwell. She has asthma and can barely breathe. She needs to be seen immediately.
0: I glance deadpan back to the child, who's singing loudly to herself. I look back to the lady. She doesn't seem to be in distress, ma'am. The lady tenses up and stares at me as though I'm a complete effing moron.
1: Well, where the hell did you go to medical school? She inquires with the auditory level of a banshee. Kids present very differently than adults when they can't breathe. What are you,
0: 12? I walk over to the child and place my hand gently on her back. I count her respirations as she falls quietly under my touch, and I observe her scapulae as they expand and contract, indicating full chest expansion. I listen to the smooth sounds of her inspiration and expiration, audible even without a stethoscope. I observe the moistness of her eye as she rubs her eyes, and I see the glistening wetness of her tongue as she licks her lips. She's well hydrated. I'm not a doctor, I'm a nurse, I say, as I plug my stethoscope into my ears and begin to listen to the child's lungs. Of course you don't know what you're doing, she yells.
1: I didn't bring my ill child to see some stupid nurse. I demand to see a doctor, now. She needs to go to the hospital, and if she gets worse, I'll have your license.
0: The child's lungs are perfect. I lean down and smile at the child. How are you feeling, I ask her. She wants my stethoscope. I hand it to her. I'm bored, she says, understandably. I look to the lady. Registration closed some time ago because, as you can see, we have many patients to see and will end up being here past closing. I'm afraid that we can't see your child today. Based on my physical assessment, I can't triage her up the line because she doesn't seem to be in respiratory distress. There are several hospitals close by that I can direct you to if you wish. A slow purple flush begins to crawl over her features. I smile blandly at her as I await the inevitable volcano about to erupt. She walks up to me and leans into my face. I stand my ground, staring noncommittally back. The rest of the waiting room is staring intently. Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a 3-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts, and just for my daily drinking. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code rslash at liquidiv.com. then enter code rslash at checkout. That's rslash, R-S-L-A-S-H, at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code rslash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code rslash. Get the
1: effing doctor!
0: The doctor is seeing patients, ma'am. I can't interrupt him.
1: My child is going to die because of you. You disgusting, low-educated piece of filth. Get the effing doctor.
0: I'm about to repeat my previous statement when I suddenly hear a slight cough behind me. It's the doctor. Internally, I sag. Great, he's going to usher them in, and I get to look like an idiot in front of everyone again. What seems to be the problem, he asks, staring quizzically at the lady. She rushes over to him and clings to his arm.
1: Oh, thank God, doctor, my child, she has asthma. She's run out of her puffers and is in an attack. This nurse refused
0: to let her see you. The doctor stands there, resolute, and disentangles his arm from her vice grip. He takes a cursory glance at the child, who's begun delightedly listening to her own stomach with my stethoscope. He then walks over to me. Now, this is a doctor whom I haven't met before tonight, so I prepare for the worst. Nurse, I assumed you performed triage? I nod. Yes, I say. I don't see any evidence of respiratory distress. Lung sounds? Non adventitious, I say, which is a fancy way of saying it super clear mucous membranes, which is a fancy way of asking about hydration status. I say, pink, moist. Capillary refill, which is a fancy way of asking about blood flow. Immediate, I say. The doctor turns towards the lady, and this is when I realize that he's been watching the entire exchange from the beginning. I'm calling you an ambulance. The lady blinks. What? Why? You said that she needed to go to the hospital. If that's what you think, you know your child better than I do. I'd rather be safe than sorry. The lady looks nonplussed.
1: But the nurse said that she isn't in distress.
0: The doctor smiles humorlessly. What? This nurse right here? The one you were accusing of negligence and lack of knowledge? I trust this nurse's assessments. She's been very perceptive and professional for the long night that I've had the fortune to work with her. However, she, like myself, cannot know the intricacies of your child's history. It would be negligence indeed if we were to dismiss your concerns as a parent. Nurse, please call the ambulance. Unable to keep the grin off my face, I walk to the phone. The lady is trying to argue with a doctor who's walking away. Best of luck to you, ma'am. I'm sorry that you've had to wait this long, but it's best that we leave this to the professionals, hmm? And a shame it is, too, as this is flu season and all the emergency departments are full to bursting with people waiting to be seen. Prepare for a very long wait. And with that, he returned to the examination rooms. I hung up the phone after calling the ambulance. The lady was visibly shaking. A few smiles littered the faces of those watching. The ambulance should be here shortly, I said. If your child's status worsens, please have my receptionist call me back out. Have a good night, ma'am. Vindication has never felt so sweet. Our next Reddit post is from Hate's Facebook. One of my employees accidentally sent out the wrong item on an internet sale. The customer who received the wrong item was more than just pissed. We offered to return the wrong item at our expense and ship the correct item ASAP with free shipping, but no, that wasn't good enough for this person. The customer told me that I should fire my employee, Steve, for this. Steve had made a simple mistake, and things like this happened because we were in the busy time of the year. Now, this was two weeks before Christmas, and I finally replied to the angry customer. I wrote, Dear customer, thank you. I appreciate your insistence that action be taken in this case. I've been building a case to remove Steve from the company for some time, and this helps me seal the deal. You aren't the first person to tell me this. Thanks to your complaint, I've given Steve his walking papers. He even cried a little bit and asked after four years how could I be so heartless to fire him two weeks before Christmas, and that he was the only source of income for his family with two kids and disabled wife. I simply told him that he pissed off the wrong customer. Sorry, Steve, but Santa won't be visiting your kids this year. Oh, and Steve, sorry, but you no longer qualify for your year-end bonus. I thanked the customer because his complaint was going to save the company a lot of money, and as a reward, I was making his $8 purchase totally free. The customer sent back a very long email where he profusely apologized over and over to the point where he must have been crying at the computer while typing it out. The customer was shocked and stunned that I would fire someone just before Christmas and that I would have an attitude that this was a good thing. They literally begged me to hire him back. Well, Steve and I had a good laugh reading what the angry customer wrote. I saved the letter, and over the next two years, sent it out twice more. Steve was not only a good employee who was honest and caring, I also considered him a friend. Give people what they want, and they suddenly realize that they're the monster they hate the most. Our next Reddit post is from Mind. So, I was shopping at a small business store that I like to get my dice and tabletop games at. I frequent this store pretty often, and I've become acquainted with the owner. The owner and I chat during my visits and considering that I'm one of those I put the items back on the shelf after I'm done looking at them type of person it's understandable that this lady might have confused me with an employee. So anyways this lady comes up to me and says I'm looking for such and such game. I said
1: I don't think they have that here but then where can I get it? Sorry I don't know but how could you not know? Do your job and tell me. The store
0: is super small, so the owner overheard and joined the commotion. Sorry, is there a problem?
1: Are you the manager? Your employee here refuses to tell me where I can find a game. You should fire them.
0: The owner looks at me, smirks, and says, OP, you're hired. The lady was confused, and I said, Oh, cool, thanks. You refused to help this lady? Sure did. You're fired. Oh, dang. The owner said to the lady, Now, what did you need again? Our next Reddit post is from HD's Julian. In Germany, where I live, not all postal delivery people actually ring the doorbell. Some of them are buttholes and just claim that you weren't home. Then, you get a notification that you have to pick up your package from the post office within 7 days. At the post office, they require your notification card as well as your legal ID. On this occasion, however, I'd forgotten my wallet. The lady at the post office would not make an exception no matter how nice I asked. So I turned over the notification card, and on the back, there's a field that allows you to write down the name of a substitute person to pick up your package. I turned to the person behind me in line and asked them whether they have an ID. They do. (laughs) I ask them for their name, write their name on the card, ask them to pick up my package, and then stand by, observing the face of the post office lady who has no choice but to hand out that package to them. OP, this is like a funny little form of petty revenge, but the thing that's really amusing to me is that you probably made the day of the person behind you in line. If that happened to me, if the person in front of me pulled that funny trick and I got to be roped into their scheme, I'd be tickled all day. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.